Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Other Identity. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Robbie Landis, a.k.a. The Great Landis, and along with me, as always, my stalwart compatriot, Ben Morris, a.k.a. Professor Awesome. How's it going, Ben? It's going great, Robbie. How are you doing? I'm, you know what, for some reason today, I'm actually doing really well. I'm full of energy. I can tell. I, uh, you know, I've only been up, you know what it was? I woke up really early for the, the usual, usual meeting that I have, you know, with, uh, the checkpoint crew. Yep. Uh, and then I went back to bed for three hours. And I think that's what it was. It was that extra three hour nap. Got to be energized today. <laughs> when you got, when you said I got up early, I was going to be like, yeah, man, that's been the revolutionary thing for me <laughs> of being a parent is that I used to be a sleep late kind of guy. And now I'm a get up early kind of guy. And I find myself much more productive and energetic throughout the day so i was all excited to congratulate you on stepping into the world of adulthood but then nope. there you go nope right back to sleep <laughs> that's right, right. wake up at, no wake up at he- 2 p.m that's the way to do it <laughs> i can hear the extra pep in your step i'm excited i'm good to go uh it's finals week here at unlv and actually if i could take a brief moment robbie could i could i be serious for just a second I suppose. I wanted to say that in the current crisis we're facing, the uh, pandemic, COVID-19, etc., there's so many people who my heart goes out to the way they are affected. Um, there, there are numerous people to be grateful for and sympathetic towards. But one group that I think goes overlooked that I want to give a quick shout out to as a teacher is the students who are graduating this year. Uh, seniors in both high school and college who have kind of had their last semester in school altered irrevocably because of this situation. And I'm just so impressed by and proud of the students I've gotten to work with, but also anyone out there who has taken the time to work through their final semester, graduated, we appreciate you guys, we respect you guys, and we look forward to seeing what you do next. That's right. That is uh, well said. So uh, normally we kind of, uh, we, we flounder a little bit here in this first, well, flounder's oh, in the yeah, right, right word, but... No, uh, flounder's but we, great. We flounder, <laughs> man. <laughs> we kind of use this first segment, you know, to, to just talk about what's been going on with us, but uh, we actually have a few things, uh, a few more important things, more pressing things to talk yeah, about in this first segment here. business to attend to. That's right. Business to attend to. And first on the docket is taking a look at where our Marvel Villains bracket is. Mm. I'm going to take a look at some of the results from last week. Um, Magneto did beat Hela, yep. the goddess of death. No surprise. Um, and uh, I do I do definitely think that we're seeing a trend here, because uh, in the Doctor Doom versus Loki matchup, Loki won out on that as well. And really? I do definitely think, I definitely oh. think that anyone that has had a recent and successful movie run seems to have the upper hand. Well, we had a feeling that was going to happen, but that yeah. still surprises me. I thought Dr. Doom had enough credibility. As even, did I. Even without a decent movie to his name and with several duds to his name, I thought he would still come out on top of Loki. But I guess that just shows uh, anything can happen in this tournament. That's right. Uh, Thanos, of course, beat Norman Osborn as Big the Green surprise. Goblin, which yeah. I think that we uh, expected. Oh, you know as well. what? Th- that's fair. I mean, nor- what's Norman Osborn going to do against Thanos? He's going to throw a pumpkin bomb at him? <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, no, that's but, like, fair. That's fair. All his best tricks are uh, are pretty useless, and it's not even like you can't even go to like, like I would I would buy Doom having a chance against Thanos because Doom is a thinker. It and- it depends, I think, on if. If Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet, well, right? yeah, because that isn't obviously. necessarily part of him. It's always but, obviously intrinsically but, linked with him, but anybody technically could attempt to use sure. the Gauntlet. But even if Thanos does have the Infinity Gauntlet, I have faith in Doom to think his way out. Like, he could talk oh, his way or think his way into getting the Infinity Gauntlet. With Osborn, he's just nuts. So 
Like, I think he's the type of guy who will fly straight on into Thanos with his goblin glider and just get destroyed. And then uh, finally in the last round, Ultron beating out Venom. You're very, you're, you're happy about this little Ultron run, huh? I am. I don't, I don't know that he's going to beat Thanos in this next round because uh, for our semifinals, we have Magneto versus Loki and Thanos versus Ultron. I, I, I am actually, honestly, legitimately not sure who's going to come out on top between Magneto and Loki because Loki has a very diehard fan base. Yeah, I, as much as I was kind of mourning the fact that we didn't get to see Magneto against Doom just because they're probably my two favorite villains, I think Magneto against Loki just from a optics standpoint is a much more interesting matchup because that could go either way. So uh, that's where we are with our current Marvel Villains Bracket lineup. If you haven't already, make sure that you head on over to Checkpoint XP to vote. You should also be able to find the link on our social medias, Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. So uh, the other thing that I wanted to do here before we move on to uh, the discussion that we have going today is uh, I actually have a little game that I prepared. Ooh, I like uh, games. To play with you, Ben. Yeah. Um, you've, I'm, I'm, you've probably heard before of, uh, of the game uh, explain a movie plot badly, right? Of course, yeah. So, uh, for example, you know, one that would be a little bit more relevant to us is uh, Billionaire Playboy uh, dresses up in Bat cosplay to fight crime would be a way to uh, describe Batman badly, even though it's uh, very accurate as well. I, was, I, I, was, I didn't think that was badly at all. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> that's a, that's a spot-on description of Batman. Uh, I would like to do the same thing, but I want to okay. do explain a comic book badly. And right. uh, what we're going to do with this is, uh, obviously, when you guys are listening to this, I'd like you to head to social media and using hashtag explain a comic book badly, give me your own takes. But uh, we're going to go ahead and, and put Ben's comic book knowledge to the test here right. with uh, with some of these. So uh, I'm going to start off with uh, with one that you've actually already heard. I told you this one when I was pitching you the concept, okay, but it's so one I'll of my favorite able, ones I'll anyway. I'll be able to get this one. So Rise of the Zombie Apocalypse. But they all have lantern rings. Uh, that would have to be Blackest Night, which you and I are currently reading as one of our new reading challenges. And you all can join us on social media with the hashtag in Blackest Night. That's right. So, all right, moving on. These are, these are starting to get a little bit tougher here. So, Please, again, yeah. hashtag explain a comic book badly. Most powerful being in the universe and his evil twin brother refuse to share their toys. Ooh, most powerful. Repeat it again. Most powerful being in the universe and his evil twin brother refuse to share their toys. Most powerful being in the universe. Um, so that has to be, who's the most powerful being in the universe and who won't share their toys? Boy, I'm stumped. This is one of your classic uh, crossover reads. Okay, okay. So it's a, it's a crossover read. Uh, it's someone whose evil twin brother won't share their toys. Is it Crisis? It is crisis, it's crisis, the monitor okay. and the anti-monitor. Ooh, that's good. That's real good. Oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, okay. this game's gonna be this game's <laughs> gonna be more fun than I thought. I thought it was just gonna be a matter of did I pay attention to you when you were talking to me the other day? But that's actually really uh, that was clever. I like that one. All right, Boy Scout refuses to ask permission to fight crime with the rest of his friends. Captain America. Captain America: Civil War. Captain America: yes. Civil War. So we're doing events. Is that is that? Uh, it, it, it's sort of in some cases. It can be either like an event or a character, you know, just whatever okay. people can come up with. I'm really excited to see what uh, what some of our fans and our yeah, listeners yeah, come too. up with. Mm -hmm. So remember, guys, hashtag explain a comic book or explain a comic book badly. Here's your next one. So yeah. This is an, another easy one here for you. Perspective track star with mommy issues misses the whole point of Back to the Future. Perspective track star with mommy issues. <laughs> that would be... Flashpoint, I believe. Uh, that that I would just, indeed be Flashpoint. I just, I just yes. watched the Flashpoint Paradox uh, in preparation for an upcoming episode that we'll be doing, and I'm very familiar with the plot of uh, 
of Flashpoint and Flashpoint Paradox. I got a few more here for you. Intergalactic Celestial shows up to Earth for all-you-can-eat buffet is turned away by local family. That would be The Coming of Galactus, the classic Fantastic Four story. Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, one of my favorites of all time. World's greatest hero thought to have died, but just needed an updated charging cable. Death of Superman? Death of Superman. Death of Superman. All right. (laughs) All right, I got two more in the last one. I feel like these are getting easier as they go. They're supposed to get harder as they go. Okay, the last one you ain't going to get, I guarantee you. But but here's here's the second to last one. Bring it on. Woman who spent her life trying to please and help everyone else has a fiery outburst scorns the planet. Woman who... Is that Dark Phoenix? That is Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. cool, All right, now here's the stumper. Oh all right? All right. There's no way you're going to get this one. It's a little bit of a trick one, all well, right? But if there's no way I'm going to get it, isn't that more a comment on your inability to describe it? Nope, because okay. when I tell you the correct answer, you're I'll be like, oh, I should have gotten it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll appreciate the cleverness. All right, <clears throat> go. Ordinary woman befriends a copy of herself. Ordinary woman befriends a copy of herself. All right, so that, it's, it's someone befriending a clone of themselves. Um... You already did Phoenix, so I'm assuming it's not Phoenix. Uh, thinking of other prominent female characters, is this a... This is a trick question. I'm going to let you know that question. right now. Well, yeah, well, that's no fun. Um, all right, so... I'll give you another clue. It's please. in DC. It's a DC one. Uh, some A woman befriending a copy of herself. Is this, this feels like a Harley Quinn story. It is not. It's not a Harley Quinn story. Uh, something to do with Supergirl and Power Girl? Sort of close. Sort your of next, close. Your next clue mm-hmm. is Think Opposites. Opposites. Um, think Opposites. This is, it's, is it a Supergirl story? No. Is it a Power Girl story? No. So then how was I close when I said Supergirl and Power Girl? The super part is where the you were close. Part. Superwoman? No. Uh, something to do with Lois Lane? Nope. <laughs> the, but the super part was right. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Um, Thinking all opposites. Ordinary woman. Ordinary Superman. Woman. Befriends Superman. a copy of herself. Fights a clone of himself. It's bizarro. Bizarro? All of that was in reverse. It oh, was all so opposites. Saying, because, so when you said ordinary woman, it should be ordinary man? No, it should have been. What's the opposite of ordinary? Super. Su- Bizarro oh, speaks in opposites. The whole thing's in opposite. Oh, the whole on. thing was in opposites. No, I gotcha. No, no. That's, <laughs> oh, come on. No, that was uh, no. brilliant. Oh that was God. brilliant. That was the absolutely worst. brilliant. That was the well, worst. <laughs> we'll say that was a Jacob level take. Though. I was just kidding. Oh, my God. No joke. I was just going to say, did I start co-hosting this podcast with Jacob Brothers? Uh, well, all right, guys. Uh, that there was our little game of hashtag explain a comic book badly. We'd like to see your guys' takes. Go ahead and let us know on social media, Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. Robbie underscore Landis, CP on Twitter, and Ben J M O R S E. Hit us with that. Probably no hash- bizarro speak. <laughs> Hit us with that hashtag explain a comic book badly, guys. We're going to be right back. We're going to be talking about teen superheroes coming up on today's show. What's great about them, what's kind of lame about them, and the evolution that they've seen from the golden age all the way up till present. We'll be right back. Hey, 
Hey, it's Weird Beard from Checkpoint XP reminding you to make it blue. Help say thank you to our heroes on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether you're streaming, drawing, singing, cooking, or anything else, showcase your talents and hashtag light it blue. You can find more information at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Robbie from Checkpoint XP. And I'm Jake from the Overwatch League casting team. And together, we're your hosts of the Owl's Nest. With the Overwatch League up and running again, we'll be bringing you all the latest from the league and within Overwatch. But it's important that we all do our part to flatten the curve by staying home during the COVID-19 outbreak. So stay home. Stay healthy. And we'll see you every Friday night on the Owl's Nest before the Overwatch League weekend. Check it out at the Checkpoint XP YouTube channel or at CheckpointXP.com. Welcome back, everyone, to The Other Identity. I uh, hope you just uh, enjoyed the hashtag explain a comic book badly. Uh, we're going to be uh, expecting that all of our friends all over Twitter are going to be uh, uh, helping us out with that, playing along. Uh, we're going to be tagging uh, all of the all the heavy hitters, Arun, Gail Simone, Kelly Thompson. Uh, expect all of you guys wow, to uh, hit us with some of your... Ba- right, ex- exactly. <laughs> That's right. I'm expecting some really good stuff from them. Yeah. Uh, some really clever people that are going to be uh, tagged and probably just ignoring me. Hey, did you know, speaking of, speaking of friends of the show and clever people, that we got uh, Scott Porter from Friday Night Lights to uh, agree to our Green Lantern casting. Yeah, so he didn't agree to our Nova casting, but he agreed to our Green Lantern casting. Well, apparently Kyle's his favorite Green Lantern, that yeah. That was pretty cool. That yeah. makes sense. He's 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 similar age to me, and we both grew up with Kyle, so that 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 checks out. All right. Well, uh, today we're uh, talking about teen heroes. Teen heroes. Uh, sort of, uh, you know, the way that they've evolved through the years, how far they've come. Uh, you know, it's it, it's interesting because when you look far enough back, even though comic books were something that you know early on were made for kids and were seen as something that you know kids read. Uh, all of the the heroes were you know mostly adults, and usually when kids came on the scene, it was in the capacity of sidekicks, right? Yeah. And uh, obviously now, when we look to the present day, that's not the case at all. Sidekicks do still exist, of course, but right. it's it's cool to be able to look back now that we've had you know seventy, eighty years worth of this, and to see the evolution. Not just in the concepts of sidekicks and then, you know, teen heroes, but also it's long enough to have seen the creators take those sidekicks such as Wally West or Donna Troy and actually have them now have also grown up into their own heroes as well. So, I mean, Ben, this this topic itself, uh, we can take anywhere, go in any amount of directions with it. So where would you kind of like to try and start with this? I think looking at the history is definitely interesting. You touched on it there, but I think the introduction of teen sidekicks starting with Robin in the 1940s um, going into Bucky and suddenly everyone had a sidekick you know you, you had Speedy for Green Arrow you had Aqualad for Aquaman etc and I think it was really it was supposed to be a way in right it was supposed to be a way in for young readers to say okay I can't picture myself as Batman but I can picture myself as Robin so it's like I'm going along on Batman's adventures with him so that was kind of the function of the teen hero and then by the time we get to the 60s and the Marvel Revolution Stan Lee famously hated sidekicks Uh, it's why he killed off Bucky he's on record as saying he killed off Bucky when he brought back Captain America because he did not like teen sidekicks but what he decided to do instead is if, if young people are reading these comics 
and they want to see themselves in the comic rather than just having that that fantasy, that wish fulfillment of, oh, I could be the assistant to the hero. Why can't I be the hero themselves? And that's where you get Spider-Man, famously. But I think that's the cool evolution we saw is that it goes from, it's teen heroes will always be a way for younger people and ordinary people to kind of see themselves in the comic. But I like, and I think you're kind of of the same vein, that I attach to teen heroes who are not necessarily completely defined by the fact that they are the the junior member of a team that they're, they're they're a hero in their own right. Yeah, no, uh, I, I actually did not know that about Stanley. I, I did know that he thought that the ultimate version of Spider-Man was one of the best versions of Spider-Man because again, it, it focused on Peter uh, as a teen. And uh, you know, I've, I've said on this show multiple times that for me, Ultimate Spider-Man is one of the greatest examples of what being a hero is all about because I don't think that his age defines him. Obviously, you know, that that does set up the expectations in some of the outside forces that are working, uh, you know, against his story. But, you know, when you look at all the different sort of heroes, whether it's in DC or Marvel or beyond, you know, Peter Parker is someone that no one would have looked at him and been like, all right, who are you going to give superpowers to to help save the world? You're not going to give them to the science nerd, you know, who who lives in, in New York City. There is nothing about him that ever screamed he should be the hero. And he recognized that as well, but still did what was the right thing. And to me, that's something that, especially in today's day and age, that a lot of people, it's a lesson that a lot of people really, really should learn. Yeah, and I think a good point in there that both you see it in Ultimate Spider-Man, you see it in the original Spider-Man, is that young people have to make hard choices all the time, right? So this idea that your role as a teenager is just to do whatever the adults say, that's kind of cliched and out of touch. Um, and that's that's how I saw like the original Robin and stuff like that. He's just there to do Batman's kind of what Batman doesn't want to do. But the idea with Spider-Man, and Spider-Man to me is, I'll spoil it right away, he's the greatest teen hero of all time, because he was forced to grow up and make the choices of an adult well before he was able to. And to me, that's compelling. That's a good story. That is something that I can stick my teeth into. When I was growing up, my version of, you had Ultimate Spider-Man, I had a book called New Warriors, uh, which was the uh, the 90s version of kind of like the teen hero team. But what I liked about New Warriors, as opposed to some of the older teen books that preceded it, was these guys were out on their own. There weren't any adults guiding them. They had to make really difficult decisions about doing the right thing. There was a whole great story arc where they basically uh, invaded a country that was being run by a dictator, and they had to determine what do we do about this? Because if we overthrow this dictator, there's going to be a power vacuum. Who's going to rush to fill it? Do we have the right to interfere in other countries' politics? And that, to me, was just, you could do that story with adults. You could do it with Captain America. But seeing, like, Nova trying to make that decision when he has to go back to high school after this, to me, that was so much more compelling. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I I mean, I look at a lot of even even the adult heroes. And, you know, I think what... uh, what it is about, you know, Spider-Man, the new warriors, I mean, even if you look at Barbara Gordon and Batgirl, you know, a lot of these teen heroes, they aren't put in positions where they have 
to make that choice. Um, you know, I, I can't think of the exact story in Ultimate Spider-Man, but I, but I know there's one where he's basically struggling with himself. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't have got these powers. It'd be much better in somebody else's hand. And even with these powers, I've never had the training to deal with this. It's probably more irresponsible of me to get involved because I could screw things up just as easy as just letting it happen. And if I were to just not use my powers and go about living my life, nobody would blame me. That's probably the smart choice to do. But there's something within him that just doesn't let him live with that. You know, if if he doesn't intervene, someone's probably going to get hurt. And if he does, you know, someone probably will anyway. But there's also that chance, though, that he could make a difference in someone's life. And to me, that's just that's so powerful to be to be acting out of complete compassion and and kindness for, you, you know, wanting to save someone else, whereas even even your adult heroes like your Captain Americas and your Iron Man, you know, they still want to be the hero. They they obviously, you know, want people to be safe, but there's still also some part of like their own personal agenda in there as well. Whether, you know, they're acting out of guilt or whether, you know, they believe it's their duty, you know, to serve their country. There's just something about teen heroes and I can't even, I guess, really put into words exactly what it is, but they're unmarred a lot of times by, you know, their past or, you know, these grievances that have happened against them. And they're just acting in the best interest of the innocence around them. Yeah, I, I think a really good point to extrapolate from there is the idea that and we've talked about it on the show before is that superheroes in a lot of ways, there are aspirational goals. These are the best people that we want to be. And that's not always the case. Uh, sometimes you have, you know, revenge fantasy being played out like the Punisher. Sometimes you have a character like Deadpool who's completely off the wall. But when you go to a Spider-Man and kind of that collection of teen heroes, and I would extend this beyond Peter Parker, even to Miles Morales, to- uh, Oh Bar- yes, Barbara, another great example. Barbara mm-hmm. Gordon, like you were talking about, just that idea of if I'm given powers, I'd like to believe that I would do the right thing with them. Right, So that's what I want to read about. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily would. And I like when, the thing I love about Peter Parker and he constantly, and Miles as well, they're constantly struggling with that idea of, should I quit? Like you said, like, should I just make my life easier? And they always make the decision not to. That's what I'd like to hope that I would do given their position. And I think it's really insightful to say that, you know, some of the adult heroes, they do have, they have an agenda of some sort. Uh, there's some sort of outside influence, whether it's patriotism, uh, whether it's atoning for past sins, uh, that's wrapped up in there. But these teen heroes, it's that it's that that uh, that innocence of I got powers and I want to do the right thing to save the world because it's the right thing. And it's really, really good. I think that I'd probably do a little bit of both. I'd, I'd of course, want to use them for good, but I would definitely find a way to, like, profit off of them as well. I'd probably be more, like, like human torchy, yeah. to be completely honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, you'd, be like, so. you'd be, like, initial Spider-Man, and then uh, then your uncle does. I mean, I hope not. I hope not, too, man. I don't <laughs> want anything to happen to your uncle, but you're setting up that scenario. All right. Well, anyway, guys. Uh, so <laughs> There's, uh, there's sort of like, you know, the beginning guide of, of what we think of uh, the teen heroes. But uh, the real discussion, well, not the real discussion, the next discussion coming next is we're going to pick out some of our top teen heroes. I'm not going to put a number on it. We're just going to see how long we go until we've picked out some of the best of the best. So stay tuned and see if some of your favorite teen heroes end up on the list. Because if they don't, we're going to be expecting you to let us know who we missed off. Coming up next. Hey! 
Hey, what's up? It's James. And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers, we've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody. Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio. Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint XP. Your home for esports and gaming. Got it that time. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team. Or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, and thanks for listening, everyone, to The Other Identity. Uh, if you are listening to us, then, I mean, you're basically doing your duty. You're doing all that I ask of you to do. But I'm going to ask you to do just a little bit more. I want you to find at least two friends that you know also enjoy comic books or superhero movies and convince them to listen to one episode of this podcast, see if they end up sticking with it. So we just got done talking about the evolution of uh, teens, uh, uh, from sidekicks to you know fully fledged heroes, and now we're going to create our own top something list. We'll see how many we end up getting. But we're going to go back and forth, see how many of uh, our favorite and what we think are the best teen heroes that we can draw out of the comic book world. And uh, you know, you said it last uh, last segment there, and I'm not going to disagree with it, but I think that probably one of the best versions of a teen hero was never anyone's sidekick right into the limelight, and that was Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man is the exemplar of teen heroes. He's he's the GOAT when it comes to teen heroes. Um, he was the first... I mean, it was, he was historic in the sense that when he debuted in the 60s in the Silver Age, there weren't teen heroes out there doing their own thing and as a result and he was and he wasn't spider boy he was spider man he was Mm -hmm. a teenager struggling to live up to the responsibilities of a man and i think he is i there's something about him that will always no matter even if he's i guess he's in his 20s now or his 30s or whatever i'll always like really gravitate to those teenage stories of spider-man yeah, see, I think I think uh, that was also something that, that's really unique about him is even a lot of the other teen heroes that we might end up mentioning here, a lot of them, A, started out as sidekicks, but B, also started out as just sort of doppelgangers of their heroes. You know, a lot of sidekicks, you know, Aqualad, you know, Batgirl. I mean, Robin, though he's a bird, was still really just the little Batman. And, you know, Spider-Man came out and just was something that was all original and all, you know, uh, just him. Uh, so what's the first entry that you'd like to throw onto the list, Ben? Well, I'm actually going to push back against something you just said. Um, and talk about kind of my exception to the rule, because generally I'm not a big sidekicks guy. Uh, I prefer my teen heroes to be out there on their own. But I will say the OG sidekick Robin, Dick Grayson, is one of the best teen heroes of all time. And the reason for that, the reason I think Robin works where some other teen sidekicks don't, is 
counter to what you said, I think he's the opposite of Batman. Uh, he is like the hmm. bright color, the quipping. If you read, um, if you read Chuck Dixon and Scott Beatty's Year One, Robin Year One, it's a great story about how basically Dick Grayson feels like he needs to bring some light into Batman's world. Yes, he's lost his parents. Yes, he's suffered through tragedy. But what I really like about Dick Grayson is he's always outgoing. He's always positive. He's a team player. Unlike Batman, he can work with other people. He's a great leader. Where I came to really appreciate him was in New Teen Titans, where he was the leader of the team, but also where he was just a guy who's like, I'm not going to be consumed by vengeance the way Batman is. I'm going to do this because... Kind of like we were just saying in the last segment, it's the right thing to do. All right, yeah, you know, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I, I'll I'll give you that one then. Uh, I'm going to go back to Marvel for mine because uh, uh, I feel like there's a lot of really easy ones to pick out of DC, yeah. probably because they have a literal team dedicated <laughs> to teen superheroes. But I'm going to go with uh, one that I just recently started reading, and that is Kamala Khan, yeah. aka Miss Marvel. You know, mm-hmm. someone else who didn't start out as a sidekick, uh, but you know, I, I've I've always I think appreciated the way. I think there's a, cer- a certain way that I've sort of seen myself in her because she was a, a Captain Marvel fangirl prior to getting her powers. And so it's interesting because someone like Spider-Man has to kind of like fumble blindly through his superhero life, trying to figure out how to do, you know, the things that he does. And, and it's it's the lessons that his Uncle Ben taught him that he ends up trying to have to live up to, you know. Whereas Miss Marvel, I think, like a lot of us when we're reading and following these heroes, you know, these idols, you know, she tries to live up to the idea of an actual superhero within the superhero world. And, you know, some some of the stuff that I've just recently uh, read in The Magnificent Miss Marvel and just seeing the way that she interacts with her family uh, has been, I think, probably one of the biggest draws of that book to me. You know, most most superheroes, their their families are one of their weaknesses. You know, they try to keep their family sort of, you know, in the shadows in a way. And the way that Miss Marvel's family is sort of a part of the story is something that uh, has always helped me to gravitate towards her. Yeah, I think Kamala Khan's one of the best uh, new creations in the last couple decades. It really... In the same way Spider-Man, Peter Parker, was able to put a spin on being a teenager in the 1960s, Kamala Khan really comments on what it's like to be a teenager today. And along those same lines, I'll stick with another person we already mentioned, but I think he deserves a little bit more discussion, and that's Miles Morales, uh, also Spider-Man. I just think Miles has a different perspective. I think it's great that there is this character who kind of fits into that Spider-Man mold of the idealistic, uh, smart, just savvy young kid, but there's enough differences to Miles Morales. There's enough, he does like, he he has both his parents, he has good friendships, like he just seems so well adjusted. And the fact that he goes out and uses his powers for the right thing is just so endearing to me. And I just feel like Miles is just so likable. Like how can you not fall in love with Miles Morales? And I feel like he's a good way in for not just black kids, but kids of all races and all different creeds to be like, you know what? I could be a superhero. This could be my story. For sure. No, definitely. Uh, when, when, cause, uh, Miles, uh, debuted, of course, in the ultimate timeline. Yep. And, uh, you know, following the death of Spider-Man was a big, tough act to follow. Yeah, huge. And I was, I was so impressed with how quickly, like without missing a beat, I was invested, uh, in Miles' story afterwards. There's also a really great, um, 
storyline in there where Mysterio somehow pierces the uh, the multiverse. Yeah, and Spider-Man. an older version, right? And an older version of Peter actually comes through, and right. there's a few issues where where they where he gets to fight beside Miles Morales, yeah. and it's just it's some it's some great great stuff. Well, it's it's our uh, P- it's our Peter. It's the Peter from the from the Marvel yeah, universe. Exactly. So yep. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great story. Spider Man by uh, by Brian Michael Bendis. All right, so I think for my next one, um, I'm gonna have to throw in uh, Barbara Gordon, okay. Batgirl here. Now, um, I, I, I think I'm going to need your help trying to try to separate exactly like what years or what stories are considered teen years or not, because mm-hmm. I feel like the the Oracle stuff. She's an adult. She's an she's adult an, when she's Oracle. Yeah. Right. She's an adult, but currently, at least in Rebirth, she still references her Oracle days, even yeah. though she's a teen now. Well, that's going down the rabbit hole of uh, DC continuity, which I think would just give us headaches <laughs> okay. and, and so, have us break out in hives. So let's not looking, go there. Yes. Yeah, so, so, uh, but when I look at Batgirl, you know, um, to me, first of all, being in the Bat family, I think, is something that is incredibly tough. And you know, it's only I think recently that they started adding in more uh, female heroes into the Bat family. But to see that you know Barbara Gordon as Batgirl can stand up and and go through the same stuff that, you know, Nightwing, that, you know, uh, uh, Dick Grayson, Batman, Damien, you know, all the other uh, people in the Bat family can is something that's always spoken to her strength. And the fact that, that she was able to recover from the Oracle, from what happened to her in The Killing Joke, and as Oracle, you know, she still found a way, she, she refused to be held back and found a way to become, in my opinion, during that time, you know, probably one of the uh, most important building blocks to the Bat family. Uh, is is incredible and and honestly, if I were to have to pick out one of my favorite characters from the Bat family, it'd be a pretty close tie between her and Batwoman. Yeah, I was a big, I was such a fan of uh, Barbara Gordon as Oracle. I think she's great as Batgirl, and there's some awesome Batgirl stories to be told. But the thing I liked about her as Oracle is that she was so unique. There was no one else like her. Like there was no one else who used basically like information sharing and research and overcoming this horrible thing that happened to him to. Uh, to still be useful, not just in the Bat family, but the whole, uh, the whole DC universe, the whole heroic side. And speaking of the DC universe, I want to jump to another family, the super family, to one of my personal favorite characters, and that is Connor Kent, Superboy, uh, who I just feel like, I don't know, man, I, I have trouble putting into words why I love Connor Kent so much, but I think from his debut, he just had this kind of... He's like a kid, you know? He's 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 the dumb jock of the group, but he's also just like so endearing. He's that friend you have who is not necessarily the most nuanced, subtle guy. He's not he's not an adult. That's what I like about Superboy, is that he is very much a teenager. He is he screams teenager. And growing up I really enjoyed that. And surprisingly, even as an adult, I really enjoy reading the adventures of Superboy. Alright, we don't have a whole lot of time left here, so I'm gonna throw one more out because I feel like if if we leave out uh, anyone from the Teen Titans, we're, we're kind of a little amiss, even though technically Dick Grayson uh, uh, did them. But I'm going to throw uh, Damian Wayne on there, another Robin. Uh, there's something about Damien as Robin. I think early on I wasn't a big fan of him because he came across. I feel like a lot of people weren't. Well, well because you, you know, it's it's actually I think it's it's a similar issue that you have with Hal Jordan. Damien's a jerk, He's a right? Jerk. Yeah. He's a mean kid, mm-hmm. and. But he's also, especially for being as young as he is, you know, being trained in the League of Assassins, he is such a deadly, powerful, you know, individual. And I think, honestly, what really made me come around on Damien was the Super Sons uh, series in in Rebirth, you know, to see him 
Oh, crap. Oh, no. I feel like I need to put John. How did we not put Jonathan Kent on this <laughs> list? A, you know that's what? That's good. Yeah. Because he's 12. That's why he hasn't quite yeah, He's not a teenager. Yet. He doesn't count. <laughs> he's not I there yet. Damien, I don't know if Damien's technically a teenager either, but we can let it slide. Yeah. Well, uh, in Rebirth, when he turns 13, he brings sure. the Teen Titans back. So I think he oh, just right. hits, the, hits it there. But to see him juxtapose against Jonathan Kent, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to make this entry too. Super this is going to be both Jonathan Kent. This is going to be the Super Sons. Super Sons right. entry? All right. To see the way that those two played off each other, you know, Damien helping John grow up a little bit, John helping Damien realize that, you know, love, friendship, having a family, that that isn't a weakness that you can rely on other people. Honestly, it's a lesson that even some adults, I think, have trouble learning or have trouble relearning, you know, after being hurt by someone that's close to them in their life. So, uh, yeah, I think both Damien and Jonathan Kent definitely deserve to be on that list. All right, I'll throw one more in to end it, and that is going to be jumping back to the Marvel Universe and going to Kitty Pride, one of my favorite X-Men. I always just thought the X-Men are the coolest people to hang out with, and I think when they introduced Kitty in the early 80s, this was a way to say, like, hey, the X-Men are awesome, and you could go hang out with them. Kitty's the girl who could go hang out with them. And I love that Kitty is, she's smart, she's fun, she's the basis for, I feel like so many other characters in fiction were influenced by Kitty Pride. just kind of that, she's the heart of the team, right? She's the heart of the X-Men, uh, and she keeps the X-Men going. She stands up to mutant oppression. And she just, she does a good job doing it. I've always liked Kitty Pride. That's right. All right, guys. That's all the time that we have for today. But please make sure you join us next week for the other identity. And remember to contact us on Twitter, Checkpoint XP, Robbie underscore Landis CP, and Ben J-M-O-R-S-E with your hashtag, explain a comic book badly. We'll read off some of the best ones on next week's show. So don't miss out on your chance to be a part of the action, guys. Until then, catch us next week. Same other identity time, same other identity channel. 